All right. It's good to see you all here tonight. Please take your Bibles and join me in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We are continuing to excavate Ephesians. Last week we started the last portion of this book where the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is charging the believers to put on the whole armor of God. Let's begin and we'll read verses 10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherein ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Last week we began taking note of verse 10, and I, because of time constraints, had to cut that short. So we're really just going to be in verse 10 again tonight. But remember that there is a spiritual battle raging. Therefore, it makes sense that spiritual battles cannot be successfully waged in the flesh. It's a spiritual battle. Therefore, we have to fight spiritually. And that may sound strange because where we are most desirous for victory in our life is over our flesh. We battle sins and besetting sins. We battle being secular workaholics and laziness. We battle substance abuse. We battle wrong desires. We battle against covetousness. We battle relationships and on and on we could keep listing the things that we battle. But we must admit that the failures we see manifested in our flesh are a result of the spiritual battles that are taking place. The spiritual realm is involved somehow. There is always a spiritual component to everything. Everything. There is always a spiritual side to things. Now I won't say too much right here because I'll get ahead of the text. But know that all the flesh does is manifest what is unseen. Even in life circumstances which can quickly turn our world upside down in a hurry. There is always the spiritual realm involved somehow in that. When Job's life was thrown into chaos. And all of that happened to Job. We know from reading the Scriptures that Satan was involved. 
God was involved and Satan could not, or Job could not see Satan's hand doing all of that, but we know Satan was behind the scenes. There was the spiritual component to what was happening to Job. And so last week we began to discuss the need for us to have the strength of the Lord. We are not to battle in the strength of our flesh. Because you can rest assured if you try to fight life's battles in the power of your flesh, you will fail. It is inevitable, it is guaranteed that we will fail in the day of adversity when in our own strength. But in the strength of the Lord, we can go forward into battle. We can be victorious in battle. We can have victory over the flesh. We can see great things because when we have the strength of the Lord, it is no longer us, but it is Christ working in us. And we can come through victorious in Christ. Now, what are some ways, this is, I kind of got hung up here and I didn't mean to, but what are some ways we as believers in Christ can be strong in the Lord? It says to be strong in the Lord, but what is, how, how can we draw that strength? I just want to give you a few thoughts tonight on this. Number one, we can draw strength from the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah, at the end of verse, uh, chapter 8 and verse 10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When we talk about having the strength of the Lord, one of the ways we can draw strength is from the joy of the Lord. When we are right with the Lord, and I want you to, to hear this scenario play out, so don't tune me out. When we are right with the Lord, then we have fellowship with the Lord, that leads to having joy in the Lord, which turns to us being strong in the Lord. But it all goes back to how our relationship is with the Lord. Amen. When we are not right with the Lord, then our fellowship is broken. That causes our joy to depart, which will cause us to grow weak in the Lord. And we will begin to operate in our own strength as a result. When David sinned by having an affair with Bathsheba, he lost his joy in the Lord. And in Psalm 51, he cries out to God to have that joy restored once again. In Psalm 51 and verse 8, he writes, Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Then in verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. In verse 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. In his sin, David became broken, is what he says. He likens it to his bones being broken. In other words, he was in distress. He was in anguish. His heart was wounded. He lost his strength because he had lost his joy in the Lord because of sin. And we see that manifested in Psalm 51. He keeps talking about having joy restored. 
He cries out for God to allow him to hear joy and gladness once again. He asks God to renew a right spirit within him. He asks God to restore the joy of his salvation, of, of God's salvation. We must have the joy of the Lord if we are going to be strong in the Lord. This can only happen by being thoroughly right with Him. Being thoroughly right with God. That's the only way you can keep that relationship where it needs to be. To where you can have the joy of the Lord for your strength. We have to forsake sin to have a right relationship. And when we do sin, we must be quick to confess that sin. And get it right with God. Restore that relationship again so that we can have joy. And in joy, we can have the strength of the Lord. Number two, draw strength from God's mercy and grace. In Psalm 59, 17, it says, Unto thee, O my strength, will I sing, for God is my defense and the God of my mercy. In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 1, it says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We are strengthened in the Lord when we begin to understand our position in Christ. When we understand who we are positionally, when we are confident in our standing with God, we are strengthened as His children. When we grasp the fact that His mercy endureth forever, and when we grasp that His grace is sufficient, then we are strengthened throughout all of life's trials. I knew one who professed to be a child of God, but he struggled immensely over whether or not God could really save someone as wicked as he had been in his past. And he struggled with this. And he dwelt in the doldrums almost all of the time. I just don't understand how God would save me. And I tried to convince him that the blood of Christ is able to cleanse every sin. That the blood of Christ can put us in a right standing with God. And that everything we've done in the past, no matter how wicked, can be washed away in the blood of Christ. It's cast into the sea of His forgetfulness. And He says, your sins and your iniquities will I remember no more. And I tried to convince him of this, but it was always just out of reach of his comprehension. And as a result, he was not experiencing the joy of the Lord. Because he was not fully understanding God's mercy and God's grace. Thank God for His mercy towards sinners. Thank God for His grace towards sinners. But because he could not grasp that, he had no strength. And to this day, he continues to struggle with his faith. You see, we must understand who we are in Christ if you're going to have the strength of the Lord. We have to know who we are. We have to understand salvation. We have to understand the work of Christ. We have to understand that our sins are forgiven, that God offers mercy and grace, and that His grace is sufficient, and that His mercy is everlasting. 
Do you rest in His finished work of salvation? Do you know that He is all you need? Do you draw strength from trusting in His mercy and grace? Well, if you don't, you will live in your past failures and your past sins, and it will haunt your future. Because you are refusing to allow the blood of Christ to be sufficient to forgive you of all your sins. You'll forget about God's mercy and God's grace. And when you do that, you'll lose strength. Number three, we can draw strength from the love of Christ. In Romans 8.35, Paul asks, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? These are all attacks that will come upon us which are designed to weaken us in the Lord. They are designed to take away our strength. In verse 36, Paul then quotes Psalm 44.22, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. That's verses 35 and 36. In verses 38 and 39, Paul writes this, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, why is it important that Paul wrote that? Because right in the middle of those four verses I just read you is verse 37, where Paul writes this, Nay, and in all things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. You see, Paul says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? And then he says, we are more than conquerors in Christ. And he says, I know this, nothing will separate me from the love of Christ. And you see, being conquerors, he's saying, I can be strong in the Lord. I can be a conqueror in Christ because He loves me. Hallelujah. Paul drew strength through all the adversity that he went through because of the love of Christ. He could write about all the circumstances which befell him, which were designed to weaken him, which were designed to sideline him. But then he could also write of having strength of a conqueror because he understood the love of Christ. The enemy, listen now, the enemy will try to convince you that God does not love you. Amen. We deal with this a lot. I just don't feel like God loves me. There's a whole host of reasons for that, but that's what Satan wants to do. And when the enemy is successful at getting you to begin to question the love that Christ has for you, the love that God has for you, you will lose sight of His mercy and His grace, and therefore you will lose your joy. You see how all this ties together? And ultimately, you will become a very weak follower of Christ. Number four, draw strength from the Word of God. Psalm 119 verse 28 says, My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. 
We gain strength from the Word of God. Did you read the Word of God today? Did you take time to open it? To glean from it? Did you study it? Did you let God give you a verse? Listen, this is a source of strength. We get strength when we read the Bible. Why? Because we learn of His promises to us. We read in the Bible what God has promised to do for His children. We read in the Bible what God did for those in the past. And we can draw strength from that knowing that God said He cannot deny Himself, He cannot lie, and He will keep His Word. And so we go to the Word of God, we get these promises, and it strengthens us. The psalmist in Psalm 119 had read enough from God's Word that he had at the time to cause him to say, Strengthen thou me according to thy Word. I want to read you an excerpt from the treasury of David. Virgin writes this, He had found out an ancient promise that the saints shall be strengthened. And here he pleads it. His hope in his state of depression lies not in himself, but in his God. If he may be strengthened from on high, he will yet shake off his heaviness and rise to joy again. Observe how he pleads the promise of the word and asks for nothing more than to be dealt with after the recorded manner of the Lord of mercy. Had not Hannah prayed, he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. God strengthens us by infusing grace through his word. The word which creates can certainly sustain. Let us always resort to prayer in our desponding times. For it is the surest and shortest way out of the depths. In that prayer, let us plead nothing but the Word of God. For there is no plea like a promise, no argument like a word from our covenant God. End quote. The Word of God. How much time do you spend in the Word of God? How much time do you spend battling your flesh? When you've lost your strength, go to the Word of God, get a word from Him. I could give you a testimony after testimony on this. But listen, it's God's Word that led me here. And it was the promise of God's Word that kept me going when I thought all hope was lost. It's God's Word. He speaks to us through His Word. It's a living Word. Don't forsake the Word of God. Don't just let the preacher be the one that gives you the Word of God. Sad to say, but most Christians, the most that they'll read their Bible is when the pastor says, look with me as I read the text. We've got to be in the Word of God. His Word will sustain us. It is food for the hungry soul. And it is strength to the weak. And yet churches today are casting out the Word of God. I don't want to get caught up here, but I do. I got to study in a church down in Georgia where the pastor of a very large church makes it abundantly clear that you do not start with the Bible. 
That we do not base anything on the infallibility of Scripture. That we don't need the Word of God. 45,000 people gather to hear this. Satan's working behind the scenes. We need the Word of God. And I'm going to park it there before I say too much. Number five. Sometimes, (laughs) underline, sometimes you can draw strength from the saints. And I have to be careful with this one because we have probably all experienced, for those of us who have been in church for any length of time, that friends will fail you. Sometimes they will leave you. And sometimes they will forsake you. So I want to be careful with this one, but nonetheless, we do find cases in the Bible when friends strengthen one another. God charged Moses to strengthen Joshua and encourage him. Jesus charged Peter, when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. We read how Jonathan strengthened David. In 1 Samuel 23, 16 it says, And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. Thank God for godly friends. The caution I would give you here is that you need to make sure that the friend that is trying to give you strength is walking with God themselves. How many times do people come in and say, well, so-and-so told me. Where are you getting your counsel from? He might. Drawing strength from friends is only as good as the other one is walking with God. For this to be effective, our friendships must be rooted in God. I know Jesus was a friend of sinners and I'm not saying not to have friends that we're trying to win to the Lord. But I am talking about the close friends that we seek counsel from, that we draw strength from, that we get help from, that we go into the house of the Lord with. And even in the cases where friendships are where they are rooted in God and the other one is is giving you good godly counsel and strengthening you in the Lord, I want you to understand that strength is still coming from God. It just happens to be through a human agent. And the strength is from God because the source of your friend's strength is from God. That makes sense. You ever had a friend say just the right thing at the right time? Proverbs 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Proverbs 15.23 says, A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? Isaiah 50 and verse 4 says, The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. May we be that kind of friend. That we can speak the right word to those who are faint. 
make your friendships with those who are walking with the Lord. Those are the ones that will last a lifetime. I have experienced several times in my life when a friend has spoken exactly what I needed to hear to keep me going. You say, well, why didn't you get that from the joy of the Lord and the mercy and grace and the Word of God and all that you just told us? I don't know. But I know God gave it to me through a friend. Thank God for godly friends. But as I said earlier, you have to be careful with this point because there are times when friends forsake us. Listen to what happened to Paul in 2 Timothy 4.16. He says, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Paul, who was on trial at his hearing, no, no man stood for him. They all forsook him. And sometimes those who we think are the closest won't be there during the day we need them most. But the good news is, is what Paul says in the next verse, 2 Timothy 4, 17. Now keep in mind, they all forsook him, but he says this, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. That by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. I'm so glad that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Even when our friends forsake us and we lose that encouragement and that strengthening that we get from them in the Lord, we can be assured that the Lord will stand with us and strengthen us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He will always give us strength. Thank God. Because there are times when that's the only place you're getting it from. You're not hearing from the Word of God. You're not really basking in the mercy and grace. You're not experiencing joy in the Lord. And at that time, all we want is a touch from God. Who will reach down and put His hand upon you and say, Rise, stand upon your feet. You with me tonight? Now, remember from last week, God wants us to lose all of our fleshly strength so that we can learn to trust only in His strength. I'm going to quote 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 again this week. And He, the Lord, said unto me, speaking of Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. I bet that was easier to write. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Would you listen to Isaiah 40? Verses 29 through 31. 
He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalm 84 and verse 5 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. We need his strength. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. He gives us power. He increases our strength. He renews our strength. In His strength, we can run and not be weary. We can walk and not faint. And we can mount up once again on wings as eagles. Our strength is to be the Lord's strength. The arm of the flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. Jesus said, the Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Paul wrote, for I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. 2 Corinthians 3.5 says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. We're to go forward in the power of His might. Look at the end of verse 10 again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I'd say that's pretty powerful. Ah, but there's the God of this world. I don't care. Jesus is more powerful. Jesus said, for without me, ye can do nothing. Jesus is Almighty and He's all the power we're ever going to need. Have you learned tonight that you cannot trust your strength? And we must never trust our strength. The valleys are too deep. The mountains are too steep. The journey is too long. The night is too dark. The service is too hard. The trials are too difficult. The hurt is too painful. The calling is too high. The storms are too violent. The battle is too fierce. And our enemy is too strong for us to go forward in the power of our own strength. It must be the Lord's power. It must be in the Lord's strength. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Where does your strength lie tonight? To live the Christian life. Where does your power come from to fight the battles? Say, preacher, I got a besetting sin. Where's your strength coming from? I know exactly what that's like. But where's your strength coming from? Are you being strong in the Lord? Are you fighting in the power of His might? Boy, if not, it could be that you've lost the joy of the Lord tonight. Maybe you've lost the wonder of being saved. Go back to Salvation Day. Relive it. Remember where you were when you gave your heart to Christ. 
Remember the joy that you felt having your sins washed away. It could be you're not resting in His mercy and grace. And you're still hung up on the fact that you're not worthy. You might as well get over that because you're never worthy. You think I'm worthy to stand up here? No. What keeps me going? It's God's mercy and God's grace. And so many people, when they fail, they just want to drop out. We've got to learn to draw strength from His mercy and grace. Ain't none of you perfect in case you didn't know that. It could be you're not walking with the realization that Christ's love for you is inseparable. I'm not saying you have to be a parent to understand that, but I certainly understand it more that I am now a parent especially with some of what our kids have struggled with. And you realize, man, I still love them. If it would have been anybody else, I probably would have cast them aside. You understand what I mean? Something about our kids. We're God's child. Nothing separates us from His love. It could be you're not gleaning from the Word of God. I have no strength. I'm not winning any victories. Well, are you going to the Word of God? It could be your friendships are wrong. Amnon had a friend. It could be your friendships are wrong. Who do you pal around with when you're not in church? Again, I'm not saying don't try to reach the lost. That's what we're here to do. How are your friendships? There's probably a lot of other things we could add, but let God work mightily through you and in you. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And you will only be able to fight the good fight of faith in the strength of the Lord. And in the power of His might. If at the end of our lives we want to be able to say, I have fought the fight. I have run the race. I have finished my course. And I want to be able to say, Lord, I've kept the faith. It's going to have to be in His strength. The power of His might. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Let's pray.